I believe that for someone, and maybe more than one of you here today, that over the last several weeks, and perhaps today, you are considering a decision that will change the course of your life. Something that in the next few days or the next few weeks, uh, maybe even within a month or two, that you are going to make a decision that's going to set your life on a new direction. That's been our focus during these few weeks, considering what God's direction for our lives. How do we consider God's divine direction? And I pray that there's some stirring in you, that, that there's some confirmation that you're either on the right direction or you might make that decision in the days ahead. One of the things about moving in the direction that God wants us to go, oftentimes it means that we have to move away from what we know as safe and secure, what's familiar. If you want to step towards your destiny, you often have to step away from your security. To step towards something new, you have to step away from something that's old. And I believe that for some of you today, God is calling you to start something new. Maybe it's going back to school Maybe it's starting over in a relationship that you've just given up on. Maybe a new job, a new ministry to begin tithing or serving in a new way, starting a small group. I don't know what it might be for for you, but, but it might be something. Stepping towards what God has in mind for you, you often have to step away from what is secure to start something new. The challenge for so many people, though, I know it's a challenge for me, is that uh, it's the start that stops us. It's the start that stops us sometimes. You've seen the pictures, perhaps, of someone before and after. Maybe they've lost a lot of weight, uh, 75, 100 pounds, and you think, first you, you love them, and then you hate them a little bit, and then you can't figure out how in the world they did that, and maybe I need to lose a few pounds myself. And, and so how do we do that? But we don't know how to get there, and so we don't start. It's the start that stops us. You'll never, ever finish something that you don't start. You'll never finish in something that you don't start. So as we're considering what the future might hold for you, as we're inviting you to consider that, we're going to look at the story of Nehemiah from the Old Testament. We're in a few sections of this book, and I want to give you a bit of the context of this story. The people of Israel had been chosen by God, set aside uh, to follow after God faithfully, to worship them, uh, to build a, a temple in a particular place, and And God says essentially to Israel, I want you to obey me and I want you to worship me. And of course, the story goes, as it so often does throughout the scriptures and in our lives, that that they didn't obey and they didn't worship God. And what happens for the people of Israel is that the Babylonians, a neighboring empire, comes and they destroy everything that the people know. They destroy the temple where they had gathered to worship God. They destroy the city where they had their jobs and their homes. They destroy the city wall even that provided protection from the surroundings wiped these things out and took God's people into captivity, drug them from their homes and took them to another land. And it was generations later, 140 years later, when a small remnant comes back to try to rebuild the place that God has given them. But it's not going very well. They are discouraged. They are embarrassed by the circumstances. They are humiliated and things aren't really going anywhere. But then... God gives Nehemiah what I'm going to call a divine burden. Nehemiah isn't even in Jerusalem. He's not even among the remnant that's come back. Yet he says, you know what? This is not okay with me. How things are is not as they should be. This is God's place. We are God's people. We aren't going to allow this anymore. As long as I'm alive, I'm not going to stand for this. Something has to change. 
Nehemiah has a divine burden. What is a divine burden? My guess is that some of you may have one. You may know it already, or maybe you, you have the beginnings of it in your life and not even know it yet. It's something in your life that when you look at it, you say, you know what, this is just not right. Because I'm a follower of Jesus and because of what I know about God, I can't let things go on like this. I can't let this injustice prevail. Maybe there's something in your life where you say, somebody's got to do something about that. And then you start to think, well, maybe that somebody is me. That is a divine burden. Here's the thing. When you have that tug on your heart like that, a burden for the world that's not as it should be, this divine burden often reveals or leads to your divine direction. Your divine burden, that for which your heart aches on behalf of God, often reveals something that God wants you to do. I don't know what it might be for you. Maybe it's looking around our community and saying it is a tragedy that not every child lives in a safe place and sleeps in a bed and has enough food to eat and and something needs to be done about it. A divine burden may reveal a divine direction. I don't know what it is for you, but I believe that for some of you, that you have the beginnings of it right now. And that God may be leading you in the direction that God wants you to go. So what do you do when you have this kind of burden? When you begin to have some sense that that there's a direction that God may be leading you. Uh, Let's look back to the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah really was the least likely guy to be able to come back to Jerusalem and help rebuild the city walls. Uh, His job was a cupbearer. And a cupbearer was no general contractor. Uh, It was no uh, construction job. A cupbearer had a rather specific task. They worked directly for the king, and their job was whenever the king was being served wine, they they tasted it first. And you might think, well, hey, that's a pretty good gig. I get to taste all the king's wine. That's what I have to do. Except the catch here is your job was really to catch any poison before. And so if the cupbearer is dead, the king knows not to take a drink. And so you're kind of the sacrifice really at any day. And, And that was his job. Here's a guy that doesn't seem to be prepared for the task at all, and yet he has a clear burden, a clear direction, wondering, who am I to do something about this? I don't really seem to have what I need, but I have this burden from God. And what if you're in that place? What if you have a sense of something that God may be leading you in a direction and you think, you know, God, I I am not the person. This is not me. You may be in the same place as Nehemiah. And if you find yourself in a place like that, where you begin to have this tug on your heart, the first thing to do with your divine burden is to take it to God in prayer. This is what Nehemiah did. He prayed a powerful prayer. You can find it at the very beginning of the book of Nehemiah. I'm not going to read it to you, but we'll, we'll summarize it for you. Nehemiah prays, Lord, God of heaven, listen to my cry. Please pay attention to what I'm going to say to you. I have made mistakes. I've made a lot of mistakes on my own and and us, the the whole people of Israel. We've messed up, God, and we need your forgiveness. And so please remember the promises that you gave your people and walk with me as I go to speak before the king today. He has this burden and he brings it to God in prayer. 
this is the first thing that you do when you have a burden that you believe may be from God. So Nehemiah goes to the king where he is. He says, you know, king, this sounds crazy. You know where I'm from. And, and I would like you to, to give me your blessing to say it's okay for, for me to travel 850 miles to Jerusalem from the, town, from the city of Susa, which where, is where he was, to Jerusalem, and to try to begin a project that, that would secure the city of Jerusalem to rebuild the walls and redeem our reputation of God among the nations. Would you do that? Would that be okay? And the king thinks, well... I could probably get another cupbearer or, or perhaps moved by the heart of God. He says, yes, you can go. This is a huge thing that Nehemiah is undertaking, rebuilding the city wall. It has been destroyed for generations. And here the cupbearer of the king thinks, well, this is mine to do. And so he asks for the king's blessing and the king says, yes. And well, how do you even start on a project like that? Does he need to go to school and learn about how to build walls or, or take, uh, take some map reading classes to make sure he even ends up in Jerusalem in the first place? How do you start something big? How do you start something big? What is your divine burden, this big thing that God is calling you to do? And let me be clear, something big is different for each person. Maybe it's starting a new business. Maybe it's paying off your student loan debt. Maybe it's uh, starting a, a new ministry where there's dozens of people that are going to be connected. Maybe it's, it's being the very best spouse and parent that you can be. Something big is what God calls you to do that's significant. And it's different for each one of us. For so many people, it's the start that stops them. You never ever finish something that you don't start. When you feel a divine burden, the first thing to do is to take it to God in prayer. And then you start small. Listen to these words from Zechariah. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Don't be ashamed of starting something small. What does the Lord do? The Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Imagine if you remember or seen pictures of a child learning how to walk. Uh, perhaps your own children or a grandchild. When they're first learning to walk, first they're standing there, it's kind of wobbly. And then they barely take one step. And then, of course, they fall on their face. But that first step, what do you do? You cheer. You say, great job. It's excellent work. Uh, you're just doing amazing. But then when they fall again, what do you do then? Well... I guess they're never going to learn how to walk. So, no, 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 you don't do that again at all. You keep cheering them on. You pick them up and you help them take the next step. You cheer the very first step and you help them keep taking steps. I believe that this is how God does it for us. When we have a divine burden and we take a step in the divine direction, what God has in mind for us, God cheers us on and says, you're doing a great job. God rejoices to see the steps begin to see the work begin. How do you start something big? You start small with a single step. Sometimes, of course, we look at the stories of Scripture and kind of gloss over what happens in the middle. We think, oh, well, I've heard this story of Nehemiah, and, and he had this burden, this, this call to rebuild the city wall. And then, well, then we kind of flash forward to the end, and it's done. But there's a lot of steps in between. And of course, in this particular case, when you, hear this, uh, when you get to the end of the story, of course, uh, the work is done. But if you trace it back to the small steps, you see that there's a lot going on here. 
finished the job, they worked really hard. And before they worked really hard, the the text says that they were actually carrying their tool for working in one hand and a weapon to fight off the opposition in the other hand. And before that, they, they were working hard still. And if you go back, someone had the courage to place the very first stone, the very first stone of what would be the wall. And if you go back before that, you see Nehemiah rallying the people to move forward in a direction that they didn't even believe would be possible. To say, we can do this, let's rebuild the city. And before that, you see Nehemiah investigating at night, trying to figure out, well, how is it going to happen? What do we need to do? What are the preparations that we need to do to, to make this work? And before that, he waited for three days. And before that, of course, this journey, 850 miles, it's a long way. And probably riding on a donkey may not have been a very comfortable journey. It's a long trip. But before that, what did he have to do? Nehemiah had to pack his bags. If you want to do something big, start small. Pack your toothbrush. Have the faith to start small. It's what Nehemiah did in the passage for today. Let me read it to you again. So I said to them, you see the trouble that we're in. Jerusalem is in ruins and its gates are destroyed by fire. Come, let's rebuild the wall of Jerusalem so that we won't continue to be in disgrace. I told them that my God had taken care of me and also told them what the king had said to me. Let's start rebuilding, they said, and they eagerly began the work. How do you do something big? How do you move in God's direction? You start small. You have the faith to start small. Nehemiah didn't know all the details, exactly how this was going to happen, how it would play out, how they would rebuild the whole city, the economy, the system of religious life. You don't have to have the faith to finish. You have to have the faith to start. The faith to start. You don't have to say, I can see how we're going to rebuild this entire city. All you need is the first step, the faith to place the first stone. And you may have a divine burden today, or God may give you one. So take it to God in prayer. Have the faith to start small. And what's next after that? Well, you take the very next step. You start small and you keep taking steps. You let God prompt you and you take a step and then you take another step and another step and another step. And well, let me just give you an example of a little bit about how this works. Uh, this last week, uh, actually yesterday, was a recital. Um, our daughter Anne is in dance and she really enjoys dance. They, they get together every week. They practice downtown. Uh, on Sunday was the recital. And Thursday and Friday nights, they had rehearsal for this recital. It's dress rehearsal. And so the costume, the whole thing. For me, the challenge was on Thursday, Nicole was out of town. And so I'm getting, uh, I'm getting Anne ready uh, in, uh, in everything for the, for the recital. And, and the trick here is their hair has to be in a bun. Their hair has to be in a bun. I've never done a bun in my own life. The only experience I have with this is last year at this time when Nicole was also out of town in one of those recital rehearsals and, and I was responsible for it again. And after that one, uh, the leader director came out and spoke to the, I think what felt like the whole, uh, all of the parents and, and spoke to me specifically and said, all those strays that were flying out of the bun, you need to make sure that those are put in. And maybe it was me specifically, maybe not. It felt like me specifically. And so here I am. I'm... <laughs> 
a little worried about how am I going to do this. And, and uh, Anne reminds me, well, the first thing, you just have to get all the hair wet. And that was the first step. And there were steps after that, but that's, that's all that I had to do first. I had to get all our hair wet. So take the first step. Now, that was a small thing, doing my daughter's hair for a dance recital. But it gives us a picture about what this is like. When you feel that you have a direction from God, a burden about things that might be different in our community or in your family or among your friends, all you have to do is to have the faith to take the first step. The very first step. And you have no idea where that will take you. Start, uh, St. Francis of Assisi said this, start doing what's necessary, then what's possible, and suddenly you're impossible. Start doing what's necessary, then what's possible, and suddenly you're doing the impossible. Just start where you are. Start where you are today. Take one step, and then another step, and then one day you may look back and realize, I can't believe we are today because I took this one step. It seemed really small at the time, but it ended up being one of the biggest steps that I've taken in my entire life because I really had no idea what was on the other side. But the good news for us is that God walks with us every step of the way into every possible future along every pathway. So pay attention to something that tugs at your heart. It may be a burden from God. Take it to God in prayer. Have the faith to start small and then keep taking the next step. And who knows? Ten years, five years, twenty years from now, you'll look back and see how you faithfully followed after God. Don't let the start stop you. You never finish what you don't start. And someday, you'll look back and those small steps in God's divine direction may have been the biggest steps in your life. You don't have to have the faith to finish You just have to have the faith to start. Will you pray with me? Oh God, we don't always know where you're leading us. We want to know. We want to know the details and all the steps between here and there, but but we don't. So we ask that you help us to have the faith to start, to take the very next step towards what you have in mind for us. Strengthen and guide us, O God. Help us to follow you all of our days. In your Son's name we pray. Amen.